Blackhawks fans, welcome into the Four Feathers podcast. It's Johnny Nani here alongside Tony on tap. Tony, how are we doing this fine Sunday evening? We are doing fantastic, Johnny. Victory beers are flowing. A lot of winning Blackhawks hockey to talk about, and uh, we'll uh, crack them, enjoy a couple beers, and do just that. Talk about Blackhawks winning hockey. Yeah, that's something that we uh, didn't think we would be doing too much of this year, Tony, but obviously an exciting little stretch of games here since we last talked. So we'll get into all of that, uh, plenty of trends, uh, exciting things to discuss here as we go on. But before we do a little housekeeping, uh, make sure you subscribe to ONTAP Sportsnet on YouTube so you do not miss one of these live shows as we do them. We also have plenty of clips uh, up there from uh, these shows as well and all the other Chicago sports that you love. Um, go and check it out on tap sports at on YouTube. Uh, make sure you go and follow us on social media at four feathers pod and at on tap sports net, where you can find even more content related to your favorite teams. All right, Tony, since we last talked, um, Blackhawks have gone on a winning streak. Um, do, did you think we were going to have that at any point this year? No, no, I did not think we were going to have a winning streak at any point this year. This is man. <laughs> I don't know the last time you and I were on a microphone talking about a winning streak. It feels like it's been way too long since we've done that. We're here talking about one tonight. feels just magical almost um, to sit here and say that the Blackhawks have won three in a row. And, Johnny, it, to be honest with you, not even like back-to-back did it really feel like we were going to have an opportunity to do that. But three in a row for this team early on really sets the tone for the, the rest of the year here a little bit, Johnny. It's It's been a fun brand of hockey. It's been don't quit hockey. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the uh, man uh, behind the bench has a lot to do with that. Luke Richardson really feels like they're uh, kind of buying into what he's selling, uh, both from a systems, you know, X's and O's standpoint, and then just from a mentality standpoint about being, you know, resilient, hard to play against, all of that stuff. So uh, we'll break a little bit more of that down. But um, as like I said, since we last talked, uh, three wins here: five two at San Jose last Saturday, four uh, three overtime winner in the home opener, which was excellent, uh, a lot of fun to be at for that one. And then uh, today uh, came back twice in a 5-4 win against the Seattle Kraken. So, Tony, the title of this episode is Rally Kings because that's what the Blackhawks are at this point in time. Absolutely, Johnny. And, you know, coming from behind is not easy. But, you know, especially in today's NHL, it's not easy to to overcome that. Um, You know, in a couple games in a row here, I think today really culminates with that one sequence right there. Uh, getting it done within 13 seconds of each other, really turning the tide uh, in the game, so to speak. And they hung with Seattle uh, most of this game. So you look back, you look at what they faced against uh, the Red Wings. There was a lot of adversity there. I know you guys were uh, all in attendance for that one. And then, uh, you know, they come back late and they make some magic happen. This That's I don't want to say they're a good hockey team because I think it's way too early to say the Blackhawks are a good hockey team, but I think it is at this point fair to say that they're playing really tough hockey. They're playing with a lot of heart. And you mentioned, you know, it might have something to do with the guy behind the bench. This was a team that last year walks into these games and gets trounced. Um, and I, I echo your statements here. I think it, it does have a, a different mentality written all over it. Maybe a new system, Johnny. Right. Yeah, we, we absolutely, uh, you, you can see it on full display. I mean, there are things that Luke Richardson talked about, right, um, in 
training camp in his plans for this team. Right. And some of that X's and O's, like I mentioned, and part of that was being, you know, much uh, tighter on forecheck, uh, really kind of pressure in the puck uh, to try and dictate the play. And then other than that, the penalty kill, which we've seen some great returns on too. Obviously they want to be more aggressive and pressure that. I mean, shit, they're accomplishing that Tony Four shorthanded goals leads the NHL. And um, you know, they've gone two games in a row or three games in a row now, excuse me, uh, with shorthanded goals. Um, that's huge. When you can get those, obviously you'd like to score at five on five as well. However, you'll take them any way you can get them. Yeah. This is just something about this penalty kill. That's been uh, excellent early returns on our guy. Ron Lewis was uh on the uh, the content uh, creating machine earlier today and uh, typed up a little article that you can find over at ONTAP Sportsnet about some of those early uh, successes that this penalty kill has seen. It's not just a penalty kill, Johnny. It's kind of the, the just the special teams overall that seems to be a big lift. Um, you know, it's a reworked uh, power play. It's also a reworked penalty kill. And I don't care how they come. I know you want to score them five on five too, but when you're winning hockey games, it doesn't matter where where they're coming from. Um, I just think that uh, penalty kill goals, shorthand goals, are cool and tough to score. You're down a guy. Uh, you've got to you've got to really work to keep that puck in the uh, offensive zone. And then the Hawks have found ways to break out um, out of their own end and put a scoring chance up on the board, and they're converting on them. That's what's really nice, and, and you look at the group of guys that this penalty kills uh, consists of, Johnny, and it's really impressive to see it working. Uh, quarterback and a lot of this stuff on the penalty kill is your boy Sam Lafferty. Right. Yeah. I mean, he had the, he kind of set the tone for this, right. Uh, with two shorthanded goals in that game against San Jose last Saturday night, that was obviously the start of their winning streak. And that was also the start of what turned the tide. Cause if you remember, they were down two Oh, in that game when Sam Lafferty scored his first one, then obviously nodded up there with the second one as well. So um, it's been really exciting to watch him. Who the hell had Sam Lafferty as tied for the team leader in points? Uh, you know, probably you early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Probably you. Yeah. Yeah. But he's up there. Tyler Johnson uh, as well. Both he has five, points too so a nice start for him we'll get to that a little bit later but yeah we're talking about this penalty kill it, it tony it's nice to see this is why i have luke richardson stan as my name here if you can see this on the live stream here um it's because it's a concept that was talked about vocalized to both obviously it's going to be expounded upon in the locker room but it was also said in interviews in you know just uh in media sessions right luke richardson so he let the fans know he let the public know what they're going to do and guess what they're executing it on the ice so that's a stick tap to luke richardson for implementing the system that are easy enough to understand and then six tap to the guys on the ice for buying into it and executing it's all around and it's it's nice to see and and johnny luke richardson stand in in your uh bio looks great it's better than uh jeremy colleton hater um or any of the other stuff that we've dealt with over the past few years here um you know i i kind of took a shot at the at the system uh just a minute ago but uh i'm gonna do it again it it's obvious with some of the comments that were made uh, coming out of the Blackhawks locker room that, you know, this has been uplifting for them. It's been a good, uh, you know, uh, season so far with the group of guys. You can see them sort of start to gel a little early. I didn't expect that at all. Um, I think Max Domi um, uh, with Patrick Kane out there, uh, that's been good to see. There's a little bit of chemistry developing uh, amongst uh, certain lines. And Ron pointed out the third line today. Um, in a tweet, and I can totally see that again as well. Those third and fourth lines have been, uh, I said this to Ron earlier, Johnny, the third and fourth lines are the most exciting uh, third and fourth lines that we've seen 
uh, plays Chicago Blackhawks hockey since probably 2016, 2017. You could go back even farther and say it's almost reminiscent of some other stuff. These are all early returns. None of this is going to stick. There's still going to be frustrating stretches of hockey that you see this team play, but it's nice to see them come out of the gate because I expected the doors to get blown off in most of these hockey games, especially early on in the season. Doors really haven't been blown off outside of Colorado, and that's a really, really good hockey team. We talked about that uh, on our last show, Johnny, but they're, it seems like they've just found a way to play with some heart, and that, a lot of that goes back to, like you said, the guy behind the bench, the one that's instilling this message, and that's just really encouraging. Yeah, right. Um, just to kind of like really, you know, contrast that to what was going on last year. Quote from Tyler Johnson today. He says, you guys, he's talking to the reporter. He says, you guys weren't around in the locker room last year, but it's a lot more fun this year. People have smiles on their face. They want to come to the rink every day and compete. It's been huge. So obviously he's not naming names there, but you know what the situation was at the beginning of last year with that dreadful start, right? Jeremy Colleton behind the bench, looking lifeless, looking like a robot, right? Um, not a whole lot of fun. Uh, you didn't see, hear any sort of fun comments coming uh, in the early part of the season. Obviously uh, they did make the coaching change. Uh, you know, it, it was too, too far into the season, but obviously enough uh, to sink them last year. And uh, it's hard to recover from that, from a mentality standpoint where um, I like that, you know, I see some comments in here that, you know, I'm screaming when the Hawks win, we really need that overall. Uh, top three pick, whatever. Um, that I, I get it. It's supposed to be, you know, that that was when all the trades happened. Everybody expected that. However, um, it would be brutal if they were just getting, you know, shellac in, in every game and kind of you know, talking about the doors getting blown off. Um, th that would be really rough to watch. And guess what? You'd still be upset uh, at that as well. So I don't think anybody wants to see him go get blown out. And it's just it's important going back to Luke Richardson and these guys receiving the message and implementing it. Well, I'll go this route with it, Johnny, kind of something that we talked about when the Blackhawks went out and made this coaching change. Uh, you know, we sort of thought, I think it was me or you that came up with it, I can't remember, this was at the end of last year, talked about how if the Blackhawks bring back Derek King to kind of fulfill that sort of rebuild coach role and wait and wait to bring in a guy that's going to establish a winning culture until they knew the, that they had the pieces to establish said winning culture. And I thought that that was the route that the Blackhawks were going to take. I thought that they would try more of a, a lenient approach through this and sort of say, hey, let Derek King take this team, see what he can do with it. Don't really instill this coach mentality of somebody who's going to come in here and, and, and sort of set that winning culture up the way you want to see it early on. Luke Richardson's done exactly that. He said the right things early on in training camp about trying to make Kyle Davidson's job hard. He's seemingly instilled uh, some of the, uh, you know, some sort of special teams uh, reworking that's ended up paying dividends because this is a totally different power play. This is a totally different penalty kill. We've talked about that already. He's really established sort of that winning culture. You've heard guys, I believe it was Max Domi coming uh, to Chicago this offseason, say he wanted to play for Luke Richardson. So you see some of these things already early on, and you can say early on in the rebuild, it looks like they found somebody who's at least probably the most well-liked coach in Chicago at this very moment. Johnny, right. that's really difficult to say, but yeah. 
look at what he's dealing with. He's got a, a team that is not expected to compete. They've rattled off back-to-back comeback victories early on this season. Uh, they're on a three-game winning streak, and they're not supposed to compete throughout the rest of the year. There's zero expectations for this team. And so when you can grab these positives, it's important to. Because if you don't, Johnny, you can wind up looking back at the other 50 reasons or 40 or 30 reasons that you and Ron listed off as to why to watch the Blackhawks. But this is probably number one. When you can see them grab onto this and you can equate it to things that are going to be here at the end of the rebuild, and I fully do believe that they anticipate Luke Richardson being here at the end of that, you've got to take those as positives. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. Um, I think we can move on to a little bit of, uh, you know, other things that have been going on here. Um, Talking about, you know, some interesting trends, uh, certain observations from early on in the season. Tony, something that we had talked about preseason training camp, and we said we want more from Seth Jones, right? Um, We want to see the production because, you know, if you're getting paid that much, you have to play up to that level. Well, he's making a small tweak to his game, and it's a very simple one, but he's finally shooting the puck more. And guess what? That's resulting in rebound chances. You saw it a couple of times today uh, on two goals. And then that's also generating assists for him. So you're getting production out of that. You're also setting up teammates. And it's also a way to facilitate on the power play, Tony, because it's not a lot of dicking around on the walls, right? You're just letting Patrick Kane kind of stick handle and chop the puck around uh, for a little bit. And then hopefully finding a slot pass across. Um, guess what? <laughs> you mean the same power play we saw for right. the last decade? Yeah. Right, exactly that. Um, but it's it's just opens up your options so much more. And I just like seeing that approach early on from Seth Jones. I don't know about you. I do as well. And that's another name that's going to probably be around here um, at the end of this thing, uh, for better or for worse. But, you know, what did I say last time we talked? This guy needs to be all over the score sheet. He needs to earn that paycheck. He needs to be that guy. Um, and if, if you're starting to see some improvement from him, I'm not, I'm not really surprised or shocked because there's been a whole general uplift amongst everybody else, Johnny. And I think that that goes back to some of the other things. I think they're playing a little bit looser. They're playing fun hockey. Um, and it, it feels like they give a shit. And so give a shit. Seth Jones is a better product than I don't give a shit. Seth Jones. Right. Absolutely. All right. Uh, a few other ones that I had a guy that I mentioned earlier, he's tied for the team leading points and that's Tyler Johnson. Um, this guy, uh, neck surgery last year, that's a tough thing to come back from. Right. And he was the first NHL player to ever have the artificial disc replacement. Right. Um, and I know Jack Eichel followed suit shortly after. Um, but, uh, he came back at the end of last season, obviously had a little bit of a flash. It was a nice end with that shootout goal against Vegas. Well, early this season, uh, he was starting with the assists, uh, setting up some of his teammates, um, had three of them. Uh, and then today breaks out with two goals um, and obviously a big one to tie it up uh, in that third period. The first of those two in 13 seconds, Tony, um, I, I like seeing this guy um you know get involved in the scoring because this is what you expected uh when he came over from the tampa bay lightning and then that also you're looking at possibilities for we had a question here you know who do you see being moved at the deadline guys like tyler johnson you're already starting to pack some trade value in there trade value is great and that's what this team is going to eventually do um is move off some of these pieces i can see every single one of those names uh, that were mentioned here uh, in the YouTube comments uh, being potential guys that are moved at the deadline. And like you just said, man, I can't, I can't really reiterate this any better up that value. Now 
you don't know when somebody's uh, going to come calling because of an injury or looking for somebody. Uh, and the Hawks have some pieces that they can move, and they can also take on uh, a little bit of salary. They're in a really interesting position uh, to navigate this trade deadline. Uh, I think that they've done a wonderful job picking up guys that uh, are pieces uh, that teams are going to want to add. And uh, a lot of this is also going to bank on uh, these names staying healthy themselves, Johnny. Uh, you know, there's been injury history with pretty much every single one of them. So uh, you're going to want to just hope that three out of the four of them uh, stay healthy throughout the rest of the year and continue to play well. I, I think that they're in a good position to do so. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, outside of that, there's other big names too that could be moved right. uh, at the deadline as well. And, you know, I don't really want to sit around and talk about that because I'm enjoying my victory beers and my Blackhawks three game win streak, Johnny. It's that's how I want to have my Sunday night. Um, but yeah, the, the, these are realities that uh, you're going to face as a Blackhawks right. fan this season. And uh, we're not going to shy away from it uh, on the show and, uh, you know, think that this is going to carry on uh, throughout the rest of uh, the 22, 23 season in this core of a uh, group of guys. I don't even want to call it a core right. at this point. Uh, this group of guys are going to be the same uh, guys that you're seeing play hockey uh at the end of the year in uh, an indian head sweater right and, and that's something that ron and i did talk about on our uh opening night special show and we had said that you know if you're you know we, we had said you know go and bookmark tankathon because they're probably going to be at the top of those standings right for you know uh, top draft pick there well yep. guess what if, if right now something that we said if you go back to that um if the Blackhawks are playing a little too well for your liking. Well, just wait until after the trade deadline, because a lot of the pieces that were probably getting them, some of those wins are going to be gone. Uh, just to wrap up this question real quick, uh, the, the names that were listed in the comment were Tyler Johnson, Murphy, McCabe, Dickinson, Lafferty. Um, obviously, uh, those are all candidates there. You could also throw Max Domi, Andreas Athanasiu in there as well. And then we know uh, the Kane Taves, although that is big money. So we'll probably be a little more complex moving those, but um, th that kind of wraps up who we would think uh, being moved uh, at the deadline. So uh, a few more observations, though, Tony, from early on. Uh, another guy that was mentioned in there, Max Domi, making a nice first impression. Hey, when you score an overtime game-winning goal after an excellent pickpocket in the home opener, fans are going to start to like you real quick. Yes. Yes, they will. And that was my immediate reaction to this uh, particular goal here. I think there was a little bit of anger about Max Domi earlier in the game from one of our co-hosts uh, that uh, didn't like that. Uh, and it uh, comes back to bite you. But, hey, man, it's all about that last envelope. And, you know, uh, certain envelopes mean more than others. And, you know, we, we discuss these things here um, in this thing of ours. And, uh, Johnny, that's how to deliver an envelope uh, in your first appearance uh, as a Chicago Blackhawk. I don't think that there's anything uh, better that you can do outside of maybe a hat trick with the game winner, but uh, the overtime goal, that's perfect. I also uh, want to bring it back to, to a specific play during that game that you guys got to witness a little penalty shot action, right? Yeah. Uh, some old school uh, penalty shot action there, Johnny. Uh, how was that? I have never been in attendance to a game uh, that's had uh, an in-game penalty shot. Uh, how was the crowd? What was the reaction like for that uh, beautiful uh, goal there scored by my guy? 
Yeah, so so the setup here, uh, when you're talking Andres Athanasiu here, he he was all over the ice. He had definitely had some jump. Uh, he had a couple nifty moves early on, and then obviously he has that straightforward speed, right? Um, so I, I'd noticed that, and I'd pointed that out to uh, my friends that I was sitting around there, and uh, he, he had really bull rushed kind of to the net, and it's like hard, it's hard to keep up with him. He's one of the fastest skaters in the league, right? Uh, so as he kind of gets slashed there on his way into the net, uh, at first we thought it was going to be, we are like, oh, that should be a penalty shot, but are they going to screw? us and only give us the two um but no they, they did end up awarding it so everybody got excited then uh, anticipation was building it's funny because it, you know everybody gets excited as he's going in and it gets a little quiet as soon as he picks up the puck does a little you know a little move a little bit slow and then he starts to pick up some speed uh and it was excellent when he went five hole uh that thing hit the stick of nadelkovich and then uh popped up into the back of the net as soon as we saw that place exploded because obviously that was a big one at the time tony blackhawks were down two to nothing um didn't have a whole whole lot of life yet in the game uh, but that definitely uh, breeds some life into the crowd. Oh, it brought life everywhere. Uh, if you were watching that game, I mean, I'm pretty sure I screamed at the top of my lungs in the garage uh, when that goal was scored, Johnny. I mean, I, I love the uh, the penalty shot goals. Uh, I I think that you know between Athenaseu and Max Domi, these are both guys that are going to you know score some goals for your Chicago Blackhawks while they're here in an Indian head sweater and uh, go back to the trade question. They're, they're most definitely going to be names that are tossed around. Uh, but for right now, those guys have both gotten it done new acquisitions to this team. Um, and, you know, you're still going to miss guys like Alex to I know that's hard, but there's at least a little bit of offensive life to this team right now to watch and keeps it interesting for sure. Right. Absolutely. All right. A few uh, other observations I had here, Tony, I did a little just numbers dive earlier. Um, and it, there's a couple areas here. Um, Faceoff excellence. All right. They are 58.2% at the dot as a team. That's good for second best in the NHL. Um, they have nine players over 50% or better at the dot. That does include a couple of wingers that have to step in and take a draw, right? Um, but they've been able to win those. So I think, you know, we, we talked about, you know, they're going to get on some bigger themes here too, right below this about special teams, but uh, small stuff like that. It, it feels like Jonathan Taze was the only one capable of winning a faceoff for stretches at times last year. Uh, it's nice to see this because I don't care what Jay Fresh Hockey says. I don't care what shutdown line says that with all their analytics and that faceoffs don't matter. They fucking absolutely do. Talk to any person who's played hockey, any analyst who, you know, then they'll tell you about the importance of winning the faceoff. Because guess what? Those metrics that they love to track so much, the possession and the, you know, the shot attempts and the uh, Fenwick and the, you know, all of that stuff, it's easier to start generating those chances after you have won the faceoff, uh, especially in an offensive zone situation. And then it's easier would to you, break would out. Would you say that winning a faceoff is like setting a tone for that shift? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 And it's also like, think about if you have your top guys out there that you want to be playing offense with, right? Think your first, second line guys. Um, well, if you lose the draw and you're in the defensive zone, then you're hemmed out there with three probably inferior defenders as uh, opposed to your bottom lines that were more checking lines. Um, so it's important, and I'm glad to see that. Um, I just wanted to point that out because that was a little stats number dive that I had there, Tony. I know. You, you, I, I love the shot that you take at the uh, the deep analytics community of, uh, the th of the hockey people. The thing uh, is, I, yeah. it's, it, it, to me, puck possession is everything in a hockey game it's it's flow it's control but the the one way that you generate those chances and generate that offense is by winning faceoffs that's why when i play shell i play wing 
I let my guy Trojan take care of that. And if we're losing faceoffs, we're generally going to lose the game. You got, you know, it's it's right there. It starts at the circle. That's how you set the tone. Right. And the guy who's been setting that tone, Jonathan Taves, I'd have to go back and look exactly what his number was, but he was close to, I believe, just over the 60% mark. So um, obviously still kind of small sample size here as we're only five games in. However, just encouraging things to see there. Another thing, really encouraging, we had hinted at a little bit earlier, obviously talking about the opportunistic uh, penalty kill that they have there. But uh, the PK, uh, I know it's this 76.2% ranks 20th in NHL. A little bit of an outlier there, though, because it was inflated due to that opening night showing uh, where Colorado just had absolutely bullied us but that's still they were still getting used to things and obviously you're playing the defending stanley cup champions that are absolutely loaded uh with talent there and obviously they got a little bit of reinforcements you get a jason dickinson type uh in the mix he didn't come until the third game uh after his visa issues cleared up there uh, but then their four shorthanded goals lead the nhl so that's obviously something that we talked about earlier but hey I know the penalty kills get in the spotlight like, like our guy ron highlighted over at ontapsportsnet.com earlier today tony however this power play 30.8% fifth in the NHL. That's not bad for a team that lost Alex to bring it in the off season. What are these early numbers? Like, I can't wait to look back at these, um, you know, rankings in February. Like, I want to know where this tracks from here, from this moment. It's probably not going to be good. Uh, maybe it will. Maybe that's something that sticks with this group. Uh, but yeah, it's, dude, it's, just so different. I I don't believe what I'm watching when I see this team on the power play. I think you were talking about it a little bit earlier on in the show, Johnny. It's not just, you know, you know, Patrick Kane along the board skating around. Uh fifth in the league. I'm I'm beside myself uh right now with those numbers. I I've got to do a double take with that. Yeah. It's 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 a you know it's hasn't happened in a long, long where, time. And even where, when was the last time they were fifth in the league? That's that's a good question. And even when uh, the, the teams are still winning, right uh, towards the end of that kind of uh, cup dynasty run, there the power play, the still power play was still sucked. bad, despite yes. all the talent that they had, and they had like the loaded group, right, basically the core uh, group of guys that you know were synonymous with those Stanley Cups um, were running that power play and it still wasn't as good. So I, I think you real. can pinch me, right? I think you can chalk it up to um, obviously the players got to execute. So that's always going to be number one, but uh, beyond that, it's the setup, right? I think uh, Luke Richardson and then his staff uh, that, dis- that he disseminates special teams assignments out to, they're doing a good job of relaying the message. And I think overall, when I'm like thinking just overall themes with this and everything that Luke Richardson has said, um, whenever you hear anything that is really, Related to X's and O's, it's all pretty simplified. And I always go back to this quote that Mackenzie Entwistle had during training camp. You know what you're supposed to do. So if you mess up, that's on you. Whereas before, they probably couldn't even understand the fucking system that Jeremy well, Colleton was second. trying to speak. Wait a second. Jeremy Colleton wasn't implementing the system. He was handing it to the players and letting them draw it up on the board themselves. Oh, right. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, everybody knows where the fuck they're supposed to be rather than trying to figure it out together because somebody didn't know how to draw it up themselves. That's what I get out of this, Johnny. You you look at this and yeah, maybe it wasn't, even though it was a great group of guys through the, the competitive years and the cup years on the power play, they couldn't really figure it out. Or maybe that was too much talent. Maybe there was a problem of too much talent uh, and you didn't know where to get the puck and when. Then all of a sudden you go into this weird system where you're drawing up plays, uh, you know, uh, on the fly now you're hearing we know where to be 
You know how to get this done. Everybody knows their role. You've talked about this, accepting your role, knowing what you're supposed to be doing on the ice every time you step onto it. That's what this feels like. It feels like everybody does know it, and they're saying that they know it, and there's this same message being they're showing the that coach. they know it. Yes, the same things are being preached by your coach. It's a very different. It's a very different thing that we haven't seen in a long time. Right, and I'll go back to one other thing on the power play. Obviously, there's plenty of uh, factors that go into this, but. A guy that I mentioned earlier at the top of this observation section, Seth Jones, him shooting the puck, especially on the power play is huge. It's huge. Max Domi gets a rebound. Tyler Johnson benefits from a Seth Jones rebound. And Hey, it doesn't even have to be an exact rebound that gets all the way through to the goalie shit. If that hits a defenseman stick, shin pad might bounce out to the right area. You're in the right place at the right time. Boom. Might have an open cage to pound it into. So. Use the hockey cliche, man. Just get the yeah. puck to the net. Yeah. Uh, pucks in deep pucks on net, and uh, mm-hmm. win some hockey games. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. All right, let's take a look at what's on tap next, Tony. Uh, Blackhawks continue their homestand uh, this week. It's a four-game uh, slate this week. They will have one on the road, but Tuesday against the Panthers, 7.30 puck drop. Same thing for Thursday against the Oilers, and they'll be out in Patty Kane's hometown Saturday night against the Sabres. And Sunday, one of those great 6 o'clock starts against the Wild. Now, how far is this winning streak going to go, or is it going to be snapped Tuesday night when they face the Florida Panthers? It's a great question, man. Uh, you know, the Hawks have been able to pull out these last uh, couple games here in comeback fashion. Uh, I don't think it's going to last forever, but I don't want it to stop. I really don't. Because uh, victory beers, Johnny, just taste better uh, than misery beers. And I want to keep drinking the victory beers. And it's sort of a, a short turnaround here in between some of these games be a great week to just you know roll through four and all i don't think that's going to happen i think it's probably a 2-2 split because that's just where i'm at with this thing 2-2 split gut reaction um maybe you go 1-1-1-1 in that instead of uh carrying this out into a five game win streak uh but i think what's going to really kind of get to them here is uh the uh the goaltending situation how much of this load are you going to put on Staylock? uh wasn't exactly the same version uh that you saw early on uh with uh Staylock today giving up uh quite a few too many for my liking johnny and i think uh you're gonna run out of offense at some point so uh i'm gonna say two two i don't know what uh what you've gotten uh in your uh, prediction uh, basket here, but you're normally dead on with some of these things. Yeah, right. I mean, I think that's like a fairly like kind of safe route to go there when you're talking about it. I mean, it's all, you know, is our on the, on our baseball side of things, right? We didn't, what did Hawk Harrelson always say? It's not about who you play. It's when you play them, uh, all of that. So these trends, when I'm looking at it, I watched a little bit of that Florida Panthers game today. Um, they will also have Monday off like the Blackhawks, but they did play today a little bit later in the afternoon and they picked up a win uh, against the New York Islanders. So they might be building a little bit of confidence there uh, and they're obviously off to a nice start themselves uh four one and one there uh when i go and look at a team like edmonton obviously you have the big guns but that's a team where that might be reeling a little bit right uh they're starting a road trip of their own uh, and this will be the second stop for them i believe they're two and three on the season uh you know uh, connor mcdavid is still doing connor mcdavid things he's always going to do that because he could arguably end up being the best of all time to ever play uh when he hangs him up but we shall see um so he's always a factor there but then uh 
overall, I think Edmonton, especially after their deep run last year, um, they're thinking much higher for that. So that could also be a game where they're trying to get right. Um, as for the weekend, um, you know, Buffalo, they're a they're playing good hockey as well. They're four and one, just like the Panthers right now. I guess the question is, Johnny, um, are the Hawks a trap team? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Blackhawks are absolutely a trap team. And I think uh, a team like it's chosen against a team like the Detroit Red Wings because they just went out and waxed the Anaheim Ducks this afternoon. Uh, but as they're up, in that game at multiple junctures uh, on Friday night, feeling like they have a win in the bag, and then they let it slip, get to overtime, end up losing in overtime. Blackhawks are absolutely a trap team uh, for some of these, uh, you know, other opponents that are coming in here. So um, as I'm looking at this, I honestly think I'll go with the two, two split as well, but I think that's a loss Florida victory over the Oilers squeaking one out, gutting that one out loss at Buffalo on Saturday night. Um, because they are playing some good hockey. I think, you know, everybody thinks of the Sabres as they've always been kind of bottom. They've been rebuilding for how many years? They've traded Jack Eichel, shit like that. Well, uh, they're playing a little better there now, and especially uh, at home there. Uh, Buffalo could be a tough place to play, so I'll, I'll say they'll lose that one. But then Sunday night, coming back home, the Minnesota Wild are back to being the Minnesota Mild, Tony. Um, Love they to are see bad again because the cap bit them in the ass. And I think it's hilarious because they had their run last year. It didn't go very, they, they were a decent regular season team, but it didn't go very far in the playoffs because that's what Minnesota does. And they're back to being the mild. They got issues up there. Mark Andre Fleury. Hey, Minnesota, thanks for that draft pick. But you know, Mark Andre Fleury, he ain't doing them too many favors early on in this year. Their defense is collapsing. And I think the Blackhawks can expose it uh, with their heavy forecheck. There's nothing more than I love than watching the Blackhawks just take care of the Minnesota Mild, Johnny. It is one of my favorite national pastimes. That's, you know, apple pie, beer, hot dogs, baseball, and the Blackhawks beating the Minnesota Mild. <sighs> Yeah, what a what an organization. <laughs> like I just think back to all the playoff years. Uh, you know, just every time that they had a series with them and it always being sort of quick work. Um right. just very it was like a mild series, man. It wasn't spicy. There was no there was nothing there. It's great to see it back to uh back to the way it should be. Right. Yeah. It just feels right. It does just feel right. All right. Uh, Tony, we're about out of time here on the show. We thank all the listeners for tuning in here, uh, dropping comments in here. We had some great Blackhawks discussion. Um, make sure you go check out ontapsportsnet.com for all of our written content there. You can find uh, plenty of other good stuff there about all your favorite Chicago sports teams. Uh, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, ONTAP Sportsnet, and like us on Facebook at the same handle uh, so you know when we go live for these shows, jump in the comments there, and we'll feature them uh, during our episodes. And as always, Go and follow us on social media for even more hashtag content. Uh, that's at Four Feathers Pod and at ONTAP Sportsnet on the socials. All right, Tony, final thoughts. Send us away uh, with something good here. Final thoughts, man. Uh, it's it's good to uh, be talking about a winning streak. We're not going to get the chance uh, as the way this thing uh, is lined up to do that very often. I know that uh, a lot of people – want to see this team lose, but uh, we'll celebrate the victories accordingly, Johnny, because um, it's important to celebrate wins. Uh, other than that, this has been a, a good, uh, you know, just transition into hockey season so far. Uh, some refreshing stuff from a team that we didn't expect to see refreshing things from. I am happy with what I've seen. 
Uh, I think that uh, everything will eventually even itself out. But this has been nice. Can't wait to continue to do this throughout the rest of the season. Thank you again to everybody who hopped on here, especially the YouTube uh, comment section was uh, was rocking tonight. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday night. Crack them. Check out the website on Tap Sportsnet, Johnny. I'll let you get your final thoughts in, and we'll uh, we'll close this down how we yep. always do. I've got two things. One thing I didn't mention, and we talked a lot of positive stuff tonight, and there has been a lot of positive. I've seen three three games in a row. Uh, have some areas that are excelling. You're going to have that. They need to figure out the transition game though, because you talked about obviously Staylock is a little bit over aggressive uh, in terms of things like that, and I know Peter Morazic's out here with the groin strain. Uh, but if they're going to succeed with Alex Staylock and that, or if they go to Arvid Soderblom, I would imagine they're going to have to at some point here. Um, because uh, Mrazic and I are, they're going to have to figure out that transition. Three of the four Seattle goals today were on rush opportunities. So uh, they got to figure that out through the middle of the ice. Um, other than that, this is in a moment in time. We're, we're encapsulating Sunday, October 23rd at 9.30 p.m., Tony. You have to feel the best about the Blackhawks right now in this moment. Not overall, but right now in this moment of any Chicago sports team. You have to feel the best about the Blackhawks. Everyone else isn't offering you much hope. So I never thought I would say that in this rebuilding. It was supposed to be a tank year here, but in this moment in time, I know overall probably going point to the bulls, right? I think that would be where most Chicago sports fans would sit. We were talking about competitive windows and whatnot, but as things currently stand here on four feathers podcast tonight, we're feeling the best about the black. Stake the claim, man. Stake the claim. Fly the flag. You can go around. That's why I said, is is Luke Richardson uh, the uh, the favorite coach of Chicago right now? Right. Same same thing. Let's let's plant that flag firmly in the ground for just two seconds here. Bulls have had their issues. We all know what happened in baseball. You look at your football team. It's it's nice at this moment, like you said. To be at the top of Chicago sports, and who would have thought? Yeah, look at on us. The, on, on like look at mor- us. On the on like the morale on the morale yeah. side. Yes, yeah. who, look at us. Who, who would have thought? thought? Not me. <laughs> Not me. The Chicago Blackhawks are providing you the most hope. Man, it's incredible, doesn't it? Feel great. Feels great. And you know how they did it by being some rally kings. That was the title of tonight's episode. Thank you for tuning in, season four, episode five of the Four Feathers Podcast. We will catch you next time. Until then. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.